let me end with this. Let me end with this. It was a dark, stormy night. A man was woken up to this. Captain, Captain, wake up. We got an emergency. Oh, what is it? What is it? See, we got a situation, we got a problem. We see a light 20 miles ahead of us in our lane, our sea lane. He said, what should we do? He said, I'm coming, I'm coming. Gets up to the deck. He said, well, signal him down and tell him, move 20 degrees to the left or the right to get out of our lane. So the signal man with the light signals, flashes the light. And the signal comes back and says, you move 20 degrees to your left to your right. And the captain says, who is this guy? How dare he tell me to move? He said, tell him, this is Horatio, Captain Horatio. And I demand him to move 20 degrees. So he put the light, flash it. So return and responds and flashes back and says, well, I'm first class. Call Jones, the third. I demand you to move 20 degrees. And he says, how dare he? How dare he? Because remember, the rank status is different. And the captain says, oh, yeah? Well, tell him I'm the SS Missouri, one of the finest battleships out here in the sea. And for him to move 20 degrees. The guy goes up and says, yes, captain. He flashes a light. And the light came back and he said, well, I'm a light tower. There was a paradigm shift. He thought he had the right and the audacity to respond without having all information. And we've been talking about paradigm and we're looking at the different things that we go through and, and, and we're quick to act like the battleship. And not realize that sometimes it's a light tower. And for me and my wife, my wife tends to be the light tower, I tend to be the battleship. <laughs> and as I end, I want to give you four pointers. Because all of us have to go through a paradigm shift. Because we live life on levels and we experience them in stages. And as we move from level to level, stage to stage, our best at one level becomes mediocrity at the next. So I'm going to give you just four simple things. 
that helps you judge where you are in your paradigm. You know what I mean by that? Your lens. How do you see life? Because most of us see life not how it is, but how we are. So number one, make sure that our paradigm is aligned with the word of God. What do I mean by that? In 2 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse, verse uh, 2. God goes to Elijah, no more rain. So God goes to Elijah and says, go to such and such a place. He said, you'll find a widow. I've spoken to her. And the widow, oh, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2, I believe. He says, go. And when you see her, she'll feed you. And Elijah goes and, and he says, speaks to the lady. He says, lady, before you go, you know, fetch me some water. He said, meanwhile, give me some bread at the same time. And he said, she said, look, I, I only got a handful of dough, some oil. I'm going to make myself and my son something to eat so we can be full when we die. This is Jamalism. He says, do me a favor. Go and make the bread. He said, before you make it for yourself, make me a piece, and God will bless you and keep your flour and your oil full into a ring. Want the full story? Go to it. For sake of time, this is Jamalism. And imagine if the two of them didn't have their wills and their paradigms aligned with God, the lady and her son would have died. And that's the simplest aspect. I got more, but for sake of time. Number two. So number one, make sure your paradigm is in line with the Bible. Remember, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing in the Greek means renovation. And renovation, sometimes you got to open up some walls. But the scary thing about renovation is you never know what you're going to find when you start opening up the walls. And God says, go and, and go through the process. Go in and open up some walls. Because there's some things hiding behind that wall that is shaping your paradigm. And your, because remember, our paradigm affects our behavior. If you want to change the behavior, change the paradigm. Change the lens. And God said, you know, by the renewing of your mind, there's some things behind the walls that you might not be prepared to find out, but you need to deal with it. Because this level, yeah, it might be your best, but the next level I'm calling you to go to, your best is going to be mediocre. So number one, line it. Your paradigm with the word of God. Number two. Number two. I was trying to do this off of memory. I was trying. I just had it. Number two. Your paradigm isn't perfect. We need to allow it to be examined. To be scrutinized. And the biggest thing people don't like is to have their paradigm scrutinized. Like, no, don't tell me about the way I think. Told you that last week. And for that one, we go to Judges. Chapter 7, verse 1. And this is Gideon. Gideon's up there. He's thinking he's the man. He got all our men ready for, the, for, for war. They're about to go to war. And, and, and he got all these men 
thousands of men, and God goes to him. And this is the funny thing, because sometimes you're, you think, you're thinking at a different level, and God says, wait, let me change. Let me make some adjustments. I got to scrutinize your paradigm. And God goes to him and says, look, and this is significant, because the key part of this verse was not the amount of men that he went to war with, but the purpose of the amount of men that he went to war with. He said, let me make some adjustments to the number of men, because if they do it at this number, they're going to take credit. He says, but, but at, at this number that we're going to go to war with, they're going to have no other choice but to give God the credit. And some of you go through things, looking at certain things a certain way, and don't understand that God has to get credit. You have to know that you know. Sometimes you just got to come to a revelation that you know that you know that God was involved in the situation. And what do I mean by that? It was, uh, we were interacting with a church, and they said, look, you know, we need X, Y, and Z. They need a, a, a certain amount of money to help finish a building project. And here it is. We just got into this building. And while we're in this building, you know, we're trying to get some renovations. You know, the bathrooms aren't working. The bathrooms are too small. We had, you know, the smallest bathroom for all the women. And women were looking at me, all oh, not nice. And here it is, my dad comes to me and says, what do you think we should do? I'm like, why, why, why are we going through this test? You know what we need. We need audio equipment. We need all this stuff. But if this is God's will, let's be a blessing to this establishment. And we gave a particular number. And when we signed the corporate resolution to decide and vote on giving this individual, uh, uh, this, this uh, company, the, the, the amount of money, no sooner than that did we receive a blessing in our ministry the same exact number that we gave to that individual. Your paradigm has to be open to be scrutinized. And Gideon, here it goes Gideon, and Gideon is like, because oh, well, if, 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 if I was a part of the leadership, I'd like, okay, we got the more people, the better the chances. It goes through a process of weaning these individuals out. Next thing you know, it's only 300 men. That he goes to war to and become victorious. Number two, three. Number one, it has to be in line with the word of God. Number two, your paradigm is not perfect. Allow it to be scrutinized. Number three, your paradigm is not permanent. It needs to grow. Either let go or let it grow. But you can't hold on to the paradigm for the whole course of your life. So number three, your paradigm is not permanent. It needs time to grow. And what do I mean by that? Look at Peter. Peter came with a certain paradigm. He looked at Jesus and said, yeah, you, this is revolution. We're going to overthrow the Roman government. We're going to get out of this oppression. God gave us the Messiah here and it's time to rise up. And he went through a process. God had to shift his paradigm as he grew in maturity, he started seeing the way God was going to operate totally different than the revolution that he thought was going to happen. And number four, your paradigm has to be practical. Your paradigm has to be practical. How does your paradigm correspond to reality? Because some of us know some individuals that are looking at life and like, okay, what are you thinking? You knew, or hopefully you should have known 
Do you look at Wilder? He had a specific lens that he was looking to, at, at, at that fight with. Wilder came to that, 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 that boxing ring thinking. And then, boom, his paradigm got shifted. Yeah, his paradigm got so shit he started doing a stinky leg. <laughs> Believe you me, that's the worst way to have your paradigm shifted. Because with that type of shift comes a nasty cake of hum- humility pie. But your, you know, your paradigm has to be practical. It has to be sensible. It can't be so far out that it doesn't make sense. And what do I mean by that? People used to come up to you, Pastor Jamal, you got some big shoes to fill. Look at your dad, the giant. You say, my dad's amazing. I said, yeah, my dad has some shoes. So, but he wears a size 11. I wear a size 14. I don't have to worry about his shoes. God has given me my own shoes to fill. Because at one point, my paradigm was not practical. I cannot be my father. I had to learn how to be the best Jamal I can be. And some of us are walking around trying to wear shoes that don't fit us. And you know, women, when your feet are on some hills, we can, we, we, it's bad enough we can you know, do like two-hour hills when they fit. Imagine shoes that you walk around with that's not fitting you because you're fighting to be somebody else. And your paradigm has to be practical. You need to be the best you that you can be. So when we look at Black History Month, and as I close, what were the slaves saying to themselves based on a paradigm that they were, was beaten upon them, like a wilder, or the liberating paradigm shift when they started aligning their paradigm with the Word of God? There was a liberation that came out of that. But liberation only can come once you align your paradigm with the word of God. Let me me end with this. Why paradigm shift is so crucial. I find it in my notes. I got a lot of notes. When you experience a paradigm shift, your aha moment, you will see things differently. You will think differently. You will start feeling differently. And ultimately, you'll start behaving differently. But your behavior change starts as a result of your paradigm shift. I pray that you got something out of today.
As we close out today, I want to I want to call attention to the men. We have this thing called Man Cave Mondays. We have this organization, fraternal organization called ICB. And it, it was a woman that I spoke to that observed a paradigm shift in her man and said that he came back different than he was when he started this organization. So I'm not pushing this because it's a part of CC. I'm pushing it because they are designed to build men. And a part of building men is is, is, is that working on the paradigm shift to recognize your role in this earth. Dr. Cole used to say, he said, we're men by birth, but men by choice. In this day and age, we need some men out there representing Christ in culture. So if you're interested, there's a table out there. And they're going to talk about how they work on shifting the paradigm of the men that go to CCC. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much from the altar call, the praise and worship, the, 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 the presentation, the video. Lord, you are amazing. Lord, just even allowing us to come into your presence. So Lord, as you shift some things in our thinking, we surrender. We are free. So we ask that you have your way. Bless us. Empower us to succeed. Give us the courage, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, light a fire in our soul that we can't contain, that we can't control. So Lord, breathe a fresh anointing on our lives because you have given us a responsibility to be salt and light in a world that is so dark. We pray for our homes. We pray for our families. We pray for ourselves, Lord. And we surrender everything to you so that you can move in and touch every aspect of our life. So let me say thank you. Thank you so much for what you have done. Lord, thank you for what you're currently doing, but we stand in expectation and in excitement for what you are about to do in our lives. Whatever we think or imagine, it's going to be greater because you are involved in it. So we say, have your way, Jesus. In precious name, amen and amen. Family, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your loyalty for what God is doing through CCC Long Island. You are such a blessing. And I just want to take time out to say thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on, say it like we mean it. This Bible Bible is our primary source of faith. This Bible Bible is our rule of conduct. conduct. This Bible Bible creates the lens that we see life through. As we leave this place with never God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.